Welcome to the Qalam Institute podcast. You're listening to Lives of the Prophets by Mufti Hussein Kamani. Imagine spending two weeks, every day, morning and evening, with the Prophet That's the vision behind Sirah Intensive. Every year, over a hundred people from all over the world come together to spend two weeks immersed in learning about the life and character of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad Sign up and get more information at sirahintensive.com. That's S-E-E-R-A-H intensive.com. Now, Iblis or Shaitan saw Adam salam's creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala announced it to the angels. Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. I'm going to create a successor, right? Someone who will uphold the command of Allah on the face of the earth. Fil ardi. And Allah also announced where will that human being be? Where did Allah say the human being will be? Inni ja'ilun fil ardi. Not am I only creating a successor, but he's going to be in the earth. Allah already announced this. Now, shaitan got jealous. The reason why he got jealous is because Allah made such a grand announcement. Here comes the last major, the uqul creation, the one that's mukallaf. You know how I talk about the different creations of Allah, those that are held accountable, those who aren't, the higher tier are those that are held accountable. Allah is saying that my last creation before the Day of Judgment, that will be held accountable, the insan is being created. And not only is the insan the last creation, it's also the best creation. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this creation will live in the earth. And the jinns used to previously live in the earth, so it kind of bothers a little, right? That guy is getting my house. So Shaitan said, what is this? Allah making a public announcement. This person, uh, who is this guy? What is his creation? And someone can say, why wasn't Shaitan jealous of the angels? Weren't the angels already there? Weren't the angels closer to Allah than the jinn? Yes or no? Someone can make this objection. Why wasn't Shaitan jealous of the angels? Why was he jealous of the human beings? The reason is because... It's very rare the brother becomes jealous of the older brother, he's usually jealous of the younger brother. Right? When you know when the younger, when the new baby is born in the family, they become jealous of that person, the one who comes after. Because you view the one who came before you as being superior to you. But the one who comes after you, how do you view that person? New kid on the block. You know when you're playing basketball, you've been playing on the same court for 20 years, and all of a sudden you see some 15-year-old kid comes and he schools you. You get angry. How dare you? This guy, he beat me. You've been beaten many times before, but there's just something special about this particular person coming and beating you because they're younger, they're junior to you. They're lower than you as you may consider them. So Adam Iblis got a little um, jealous. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as I mentioned, Adam salam's creation occurred over a period. And the creation, all of the angels saw Adam salam's creation very carefully. Allah mixed the water inside the soil and left it there. And they're wondering, what's, coming ha- what's happening? This ca- I want you to think of kind of like a, a frame on the wall. Very slowly the person's painting. And every time you walk by, that, you, see that, you see that process of, uh, of detail? It creates suspicion. When's, when's it going to happen? You know how they have, a, how they have a, board, a board outside saying that new restaurant coming. Everyone says, when's the restaurant coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? So everyone's looking and they're seeing Adam salam's creation is there. And they're seeing it happening very slowly. So Iblis would pass by and look at it and say, really? You're going to take our place when we are much better than you? Because soil, when it's mixed, does it look good or bad? When it's watery, when it's sticky, does it look good or bad? 
it's nasty, right? Like soil mixed, it stinks too. As a, uh, you know, sticky as well. Teen and lazib, it sticks. He saw this, he's like, what is this? And you're, be- you're becoming the successor of Allah in the earth. We were way better than you were. You're never going to be an OG. You're always going to be the second guy, the third guy in the room. Now what happened was that Adam salam's creation was in process. And then once shaitan passed by, and this is the period where Adam salam's form had been created, and he came there and saw now the creation was progressing. So there are two narrations. One narration suggests, and it tells us that he actually tapped it. He tapped it. And when he tapped it, he heard an echo noise. You know when something's hollow from within, if you tap it, what happens? It makes a little noise. So when he heard that noise, he thought to himself, this guy's empty. Like, imagine how low he must be in comparison to me. He has nothing inside him. One narration actually says that he actually went through it. He went through from one side and the other side and came out and said, what is this? This is nothing. Now came the time for the grand creation. After Adam salam's form had reached the place where Allah wanted it to be, reached the measurement that Allah wanted it to be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathered all the creation. And the hadith mentions and also the Qur'an mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself inserted the soul into Adam salam. And all of the creation is watching. The last mukallaf creation by Allah is being created. Such a grand moment. And Allah inserts the soul into Adam salam's body. Now when the soul is inserted, the hadith tells us that it was inserted from the head and went downwards towards the feet. Now as the soul entered Adam salam's head, as it entered, the remaining part of his creation came into existence. So it hit his head, his hair began to grow. And then his brain came into existence, the inside. His blood vessels were formed. His eyes were formed. His nose was formed. His mouth was formed. And the angels are watching this. In front of their eyes, they're seeing creation. It's happening just like that. Now when the upper part, the upper extremities of Adam salam's body were created, there's a hadith narrated by Ibn Abbas that says that Adam salam, because of his partial creation at that time, his creation wasn't complete. It was still happening. I want you to think, think about it like in the process. Okay? Think of it in the process. Adam salam, in one narration it says he sneezed. And when he sneezed, he said, Alhamdulillah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Your Lord has His mercy upon you. And the angels also in congregation said, Yarhamukallah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy be upon you. That's why we learned that when we sneeze, what do we all say? Every time you sneeze and say Alhamdulillah, it should remind you of the beginning of creation. How Allah favored us. And then, Yarhamukallah, just as Allah has showered His mercy upon Adam alayhi salam, it is very possible Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also shower His mercy upon us if we read that dua with the very same sincerity. One narration tells us that Imam Suyuti rahmatullahi alayhi narrates in his tafsir Dur al-Manthur under the tafsir of the ayah وَيَدَعُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشَّرِّ دُعَاءَهُ بِالْخَيْرِ وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ عَجُولًا Under that ayah he quotes this narration which by the way that ayah is in the 15th juz in Surah Al-Isra. So under the tafsir of that ayah, he quotes a narration that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam, when the upper part of his body was formed, he tried to move. Even though his legs weren't able to move, because that part, hadn't, the soul hadn't reached there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَكَانَ insanu ajula." The human being is so quick. He wanted to move even though the lower half of his body wasn't created. One narration mentions that when Adam salam's and this again, same, same ayah, under the tafsir of this ayah, you'll find this there too. That um, when Adam salam's 
soul was entering his body, after it reached his waist, he began to focus and he saw a fruit. And he reached for it, but because his legs were not prepared at that time, he wasn't able to reach it. And Allah revealed the ayah, وَكَانَ insanu ajula That the mankind, the human being, is very quick in his creation. Now after this, when Adam soul had entered into his body, such a magnificent, grand, great moment, the final mukallaf human being, the beginning of that existence, that race has now started. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the angels to bow down in front of him. That you will serve Adam alayhi salam. Not worship him. Okay, this was not sajdatul ibadah. Okay, there are different types of prostration. Sajdatul ibadah, the sajda for worship, is only for who? Allah. No one else. This is what we call sajda ta'zim. The prostration of honoring someone. And this was something that was permit, per, permitted in previous, previous nations. So for example, you'll learn that, إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِي سَاجِدِينَ Yusuf salam saw a dream that his brothers and his mother and father were all prostrating in front of him, and they did prostrate in front of him. So is that kufr? Can someone say that? No, because that was called sajda ta'zim. And that was something that was permitted in previous nations. However, when the Qur'an came, that when the Prophet came, that also came to an end. The Prophet said that if I were to allow anyone to prostrate in front of another, it would be the, husband, the wife in front of the spouse. But however, even that is not permitted. Meaning that sajda ta'zim in our deen, in our uh, fiqh, in our sharia is also not permitted. Now the angels all, unison fell into sajda. One thing to know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we learn in the Qur'an itself, prior to Adam salam's creation, told the angels, that I will create him, فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي فَقَعُوا لَهُ سَاجِدِينَ right? The angels were told beforehand that when I create him, and when the soul enters into his body, you must all prostrate and bow down in front of him. This was made very clear. Now why is that? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell them to prostrate and bow down in front of him like this? Well, the reason was this. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala originally announced the creation of Adam alayhi salam, the angels, they said to Allah, that, نَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ That we are already here to worship you. Why are you creating the human being? And some scholars, they say, that by making the statement that we are already here to worship you, what they were doing was, they were asking to be allowed to worship Allah in the earth. Because the whole thing was, جَاعِلٌ فِي ardi is all about the earth. The angels were saying, Ya Allah, we removed the jinn, let us come and worship you on the earth too. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to them by saying, إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُ I know what you don't know. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when Adam alayhi salam was created, as the soul was entered into his body and his creation was complete, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave him knowledge. وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا All of the information was uploaded into the brain of Adam alayhi salam. And he now possessed knowledge that no human, no creation before possessed. Okay, a very unique knowledge, a very special knowledge. Asma'a kullaha, he knew the names of all the objects and things, which made his sending, his creation for the earth that much more suitable. So because the angels originally thought that they were superior to the insan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them prostrate so that they would learn they were not superior. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, فَسَجَدُوا, they all prostrated. When Allah commanded them to prostrate, usjudu, Allah said, we said to the angels, usjudu, prostrate, they all prostrated. إِلَّا Iblis, except for 
Iblis the shaitan. The devil was the only one who did it. Now the objection someone can make here is that why would shaitan be commanded to prostrate when Allah commanded the angels to prostrate? وَإِذْ Malaika, Allah says, we told the angels to prostrate. So why would, why, would, why would shaitan be held accountable if he wasn't an angel to start with? We already agreed. And the Quran also says, كَانَ مِنَ jinn That he was a jinn, he wasn't, a, he wasn't an angel. So someone can make this objection that why did shaitan have to prostrate? Why was he punished for not prostrating when the command was given to the angels? So this issue has been addressed by the scholars of tafsir at great length. I'm going to give you guys a few explanations. The first thing is that because the jinn, because shaitan, even though he was a jinn, spent so much time with the angels, he was considered as one of the angels. Okay? He was always there. And not any, there weren't any other jinn there. He was the only one there. And he was given that extra, that extra pass. It's kind of like I say, hey, anyone inside this room, anyone that comes in this room, if the fire alarm goes off, you have to exit. Okay? Now, you were allowed to come into this office in this room for honoring you. Now, when the fire alarm goes off, what do you have to do? You can't say, well, oh, I wasn't supposed to be here. Well, if you weren't supposed to be here, get out of here. You were allowed to come here, which means now that you're here, all the rules that apply here will also apply to you as well. You guys understand that? All the rules that apply to us will also apply to you. The second explanation the scholars they give is that the malaika were the highest creation at that time. And by Allah commanding the malaika, He was directly commanding all of the creation at that time. Because it would be very, uh, uh, what's the word? It would be غير fasih. It wouldn't be eloquent for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to say, and the angels should prostrate, and the jinn, and the trees, and the soil, and this, and that, and this, and that, and this, and that. You guys understand? When you make a command, you give it to the highest tier, and what does that mean? Everyone else also underneath falls under that command. So Allah gave the command to the angels, and that then command transcends down to all of the creation. Another explanation given by the scholars is that the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command also went on to... Um, the other reason why he was punished for not prostrating is because he didn't just not prostrate because he was forgetful or it was a mistake or he actually thought that Allah's command wasn't to him. You know, let's say for example, if I told everyone sit down and everyone sits down except for one person and I say, brother, why aren't you sitting down? He says, well, I didn't think you were talking to me. Is there anything wrong with that? No, it's a mistake. Okay, go ahead, sit down now. With shaitan's case, he didn't accidentally not do sajda or it wasn't a mistake. Allah says, Abba, he very consciously refused to do sajda. Wastakbara. And he stuck his chest out and said, Uh-uh, not me. That guy is going to take my place? No way. Wakana min al-kafirin. And he was from those who were ungrateful to Allah. He was a disbeliever. And now all of this put together, Aba istakbara kana min al-kafirin is a slam dunk for his sentence. You guys understand that? Because you're disobeying at the highest authority, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at the command of Allah, in front of Allah, that then calls on the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. And his objection was very interesting. He says that I will not prostrate. And he said to Allah, خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَّارِ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن طِينَ that you created me from fire and you created him from soil. Fire is superior to soil. Therefore, why should I prostrate in front of him? Now, I want you to stop here. The first sin committed by, by uh, the first sin, they say, committed at the time of Adam salam's creation, that shaitan committed at that time, was what? So, the scholars kind of differ there. Some scholars say, 
it was actually, the first sin wasn't pride, it was actually jealousy. When he became jealous of seeing the creation of Adam alayhi salam. And that jealousy, it burned in him, just like many of us. We become jealous of people. And that jealousy sits there and it burns and burns and burns. And then that jealousy can manifest in different ways. It can manifest into delusion, where you end up thinking that you know, it's your job to destroy that person. It can manifest, just like what shaitan it manifested in delusion. It can manifest in pride, just like it did here. Istakbara, his, his jealousy turned into pride. His jealousy, sometimes it, it manifests into just internal destruction spiritually. So shaitan's problem was he became jealous. So first thing, first and foremost, I want this to be a take-home point. Remove jealousy from your hearts. It's poison, it'll destroy you. Let us learn that much from Adam Salam's story, from Shaitan's story. And the second thing is istakbara, his pride. That was also a huge thing. Let your ego come down. When a person becomes angry, when he becomes proud of himself, then their logic stops making sense. And he said, fire is better than soil. Is that a true statement or a false statement? Is fire actually better than soil or not? The scholars engage in discussion. Most scholars, they say that fire is actually not better than soil. Soil is much better than fire. Why is that? Fire is a source of destruction. Anything you put into the fire, what is the fire going to give you? It's going to consume its energy, scientific. It's going to consume its energy and leave it roasted. That's what it's going to do. However, when it comes to soil, when you put something inside the soil, okay, when you put something inside the soil, what happens is that if you put a seed in the soil, for example, in particular, when you put a seed in the soil, it doesn't destroy it, it actually, it nourishes it. It's like a mother. They say the, 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 the earth is like the womb of the mother. It nourishes the child. And it allows it to grow and grow many folds. It, you know, fire hurts people. If you put your hand inside the soil, soil itself will hardly hurt you. And they go into this lengthy discussion in comparison between fire and soil, which I have no intention to go into. But scholars, they deduce from that, that if you were to actually compare the properties of soil and the properties of fire, you would know that the properties of soil are much more valuable than the properties of fire. That's the first thing, okay? Many minerals that we have in the world, where do they come from? They come from the soil, okay? Allah has created the soil in that way, the earth in that way. Um, how do we have this whole ozone layer issue, this greenhouse issue, greenhouse effect issue? Why are we having that? Because of, you know, fumes that are coming out from, from not only fire, but also fire, right? And the effect that it has on the world and so on and so forth. So that's one thing there. Now... Another group of scholars, they give a very beautiful example, and I actually like, I actually like the second example more. Because it's kind of like a, it's a slap in the face, the second answer they give. They say that even if, even if fire is better than soil, let's take that argument and say fire is better than soil. Let's use that argument. They say even if you accept that article, that, that argument, what, it doesn't mean that sharaf al-asli, they say, لِأَنَّ شَرَفَ الْأَصْلِ لَا يَقْتَذِي شَرَفَ الْفَرْعِ that just because the origin is better, it doesn't mean what's going to come out of that is better. So let's even agree that fire is better than soil. Just because you're created from fire, does that make you better? No. You, you guys understand? Let's say, for example, I made something. If I, the maker, am a great person, it doesn't mean that what I made will always be good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us all. But does that make human beings good, period? No, there are some human beings that are good, and then there are some human beings who don't use their ability properly and end up wasting it. Just because you come from, and I want to bring this into context, the reason why I find this answer so powerful. Just because you're Indian, or just because you're Pakistani, or you're from Saudi Arabia, or if you're from Egypt, does that make you good? Can someone argue and say, hey, America is better than Canada? 
Of course it's better than Canada. Everybody already knows that, okay? <laughs> Sorry, Canadians. But does that mean that if the country America is better than Canada, does that mean every American is better than every Canadian? Can you deduce that? You can't deduce that because the, the product of it isn't necessarily dependent on the maker. It depends what you make out of yourself. And they actually quote a line of poetry in this regard. They say, the Arabs, they say, with, with, in relation to this issue, That when they gather together and they talk about their forefathers who were great people, when they gather together and they talk about their forefathers that my dad was this, my mother was this, my grandfather was this. We say to that person, you're right. Your father was a great person. Your grandfather was a great person. But it's so sad. Look what they gave birth to. <laughs> they were great people. Look what they gave birth to. This is a very sad tragedy. So can fire be better than soil? Yeah, it's possible. But look, look what came out of it. Shaitan came out of that fire. So that's not necessarily something to be proud over. Now when Shaitan disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that he be taken out of the paradise and taken out of this grand gathering. He became a rajim, the one who was rejected, the one who was pushed out. When he was leaving, he said, Ya Allah, bi'izzatik, with your honor, I request you to let me live and show you how bad these people are. Because he's trying to make a challenge. Well, oh Allah, you're saying they're good, I'm saying they're bad. I'm saying I'm better than them. Let me prove to you that these human beings are worth nothing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him permission. He said, Ya Allah, ila yawm yuba'athun, until the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, not until the day of judgment, ila yawm al ma'lum, until the horn is blown into. He was trying to escape death basically. He wanted to bypass death. Allah said, nope, even you're going to experience death too. Now when he was granted this permission to live until the Day of Judgment to make his point, he then said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will sit in the straight path. You know that path where that leads to Jannah? I'm going to sit right there. Think of like, there's a straight road. Highway 94. And there's a person sitting right in the middle with a bazooka. That's what he said. Right? Nobody better do this. I'm not saying someone is. I'm just giving an example, okay? That wasn't a good example, right? Okay, anyway, someone is sitting in the middle of a Highway 94 with a bunch of banana pills, right? And is tossing them, trying to make people fall over, freezing the road. I don't know, something more comical, okay? So he said the exact same thing. I'm going to sit right in the middle of that road, and anyone that tries to come down that road, I'm going to shoot them out of the way. They're in trouble. Right? And from the, I'm going to come at them from the front. And then if they pass me from behind, and then from the right, and then from the left, and every direction, he highlighted all of them. But the scholars, they say, he mentioned jihati arba. He mentioned front, um, um, the right, front, behind, right, left, and one narration also underneath, min tahtihim. But there's no mention of the above. The reason is because that's your opportunity to always connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The connection you have with Allah, Shaitan can never take that away from you. He can come from all other directions, he can really delude you and fool you, but your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one above you, is always going to be there. Then he said to Allah subhanahu, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, that's your challenge? minhum bisaltik. Wastafziz meaning climb upon them, whoever you wish. 
Bisautik, using your voice. What does that mean, using your voice? Delude them, misguide them? Scholars have taken different interpretations. One of the famous interpretations of this, as given by Abdullah bin Mas'ud, is that this voice of shaitan refers to al ghina It refers to music. This is a common interpretation. Abdullah bin Mas'ud used to say, Wallahi huwa al-ghina, Wallahi huwa al-ghina, Wallahi huwa al-ghina. I swear by Allah, the voice of shaitan is music. He used to say this. Now this is a companion of the Prophet I know talking about music in our community is a very sensitive issue. People jump to conclusions, Oh my God, he said everything's haram. Well, I'm just quoting literally what Abdullah bin Mas'ud said. And this was an opinion of many of the scholars in this issue. Hence, we have to be very careful. I don't want to make this discussion about music, even though I would very love, I would love to discuss it, but not now. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَجْلِبْ عَلَيْهِمْ بِخَيْلِكَ And mount them onto your horse. وَرَجْلِكَ وَشَارِكْهُمْ And be their partner. فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَأَوْلَادِ وَعِدْهُمْ And make false promises to them. Because that's what shaitan, all he does. He just makes false promises to you. He makes you feel like he's buddy-buddy with you. He misguides you and just plays around with your life. And Allah says at the end of the ayah, وَمَا يَعِدُهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا Every promise of shaitan is deception. Every promise of shaitan is deception and it's a lie to you. Then at the end, and I want to close with this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to shaitan, إِنَّ عِبَادِي لَيْسَ لَكَ عَلَيْهِمْ سُلْطَانِ There are some servants of mine who are very sincere, true, and they are my true servants. You'll never be able to do anything with them. I agree that there are some that you may fool, but then there are those servants of mine who you won't be able to. And shaitan himself said, إِلَّا عِبَادَكَ مِنْهُمُ Mukhlasin, Oh Allah, I know that I won't be able to fool your sincere servants. So when it comes to the story of Adam salam, especially in today's class, some of the take-home points I want you to think of, is how grand the moment was of Adam salam's creation, and how significant of a moment it was in the history of creation, out of all of the creation, and how shaitan took such animosity against our kind, against human beings, and how he took an oath that he would really mess our lives up. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took such pride in saying that my true servants will never fail. And you begin to ask yourself this question, that what happened out of that discussion and where am I today? Has shaitan really taken control of me? Or am I one of those people who Allah took pride in and Allah boasted and said, you'll never be able to gain control of him, you'll never be able to get control of her. So this is a part of Adam alayhi salam's story. Tomorrow inshallah we'll talk about Next week, inshallah, we'll continue on and we'll discuss in more detail the incidents that occurred in the life of Adam salam, him going into paradise and all the intricacies that occurred there, all the details that occurred there and all the intricacies to understanding those details. We'll cover them next week in our class. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us tawfiq to understand what we learn. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.